I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Well, the f- first time on the JB Low Low Tech Podcast, I'll have a repeat guest on a topic I think we all can enjoy in some form or fashion and find out who that person is next here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast, prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Baby, go down. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JV's Low Tech Podcast. And as I stated earlier, today we have my first repeat guest. But on a topic that we all enjoy, which is Hollywood and entertainment. And I just wanted to bring him back. Uh, entertainment, I'm not, not just going to say movie, but I'm going to say entertainment critic, Tim Lammers. How you doing, Tim? Hey, I'm great, JB, and I didn't realize that I had the distinction of being your first guest back. That's, uh, I, I really appreciate it. It must, it must mean that I did okay the first time around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did great and a lot of hits. So, And plus, it's just oh, that good. time of the year. It's the time of um, people wanting to get out, especially after being locked down for two, two and a half years, and, mm-hmm. and get out and find entertainment. So it's the summertime. So what is new and big in Hollywood right now? Well, I mean, right now the box office is back. People are finally going to movies in the theater again, and that certainly wasn't the case. The last time we talked, J.B., I mean, and I think the big test, um, well, I guess you could say it it almost goes back to December showing, you know, with Spider-Man No Way Home and the amazing box office that movie did. Um, You know, and you have to realize, too, I mean, that the pandemic was not really letting up completely around that time. It was in December, but that movie ended up doing $1.9 billion worldwide. So that really just shook everything out uh, out of the doldrums, really. And then, you know, there was just promising things happening along the way. I mean, you had Batman, or The Batman, I guess is the official title, you know, doing a great box office in March. And then Doctor Strange came back in, you know, early May. Um, And then, of course, Tom Cruise showed that he still has a lot of gas in the, uh, the, a lot of jet fuel in the tank, I guess is the best way of putting it. Uh, with Top Gun Maverick. And so it appears, at least as far as box office, the box office is concerned, looking at these these event movies, these summer popcorn movies, 
that people want to get out and get into the theater. So, you know, that's, that's led the way to some big hits with um, Jurassic World, um, that's the latest one in that series, and uh, Minions, and which is a wonderful movie, which I, I caught a couple weeks ago. So it's really, really encouraging to see that sort of stuff happening. And then, of course, Thor last weekend, that made $145 million domestically, and I'm sure that's going to make close to a billion worldwide, if not uh, top a billion worldwide. So in short, JV, because you know I explain everything and I blab, blab on and on, in short, the movies are back. Well, that's good to hear. You know, any and every part of the economy that can come back, it's a help. Um, I haven't seen anything because in the summer, in the summer I... Uh, I'm usually out playing baseball, and now with my new side business of repairing gloves, I've been going to softball tournaments and and making mm-hmm. some side money, and things have just mm-hmm. been kind of, you know, I haven't gone back yet, but I guess at some point I will. Um, mm-hmm. Is there going to be anything, do you see anything coming that's not going to be like superhero-ish, that's going to be big, or... Any independent yeah, movie? I think you know there there are a couple prospects, and you know, first of all, the you know a big movie doesn't necessarily mean that it has to make a billion dollars. You have a, a a movie coming out this week called Where the Crawdads Sing, and I know my wife is really excited about it because it's it's a best selling book, and uh, you know, it's relative unknown uh, in the lead. Um, but uh, Daisy Edgar Jones is her name. But look, it's a beloved book title that people want to see the big screen adaptation for. So I could see that movie being a hit, even though, again, you know, it's it's not going to make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. With any luck, you know, any movie that crosses the $100 million mark is considered a hit now. You know, you got Elvis. You know, which is considered a hit because it was made for 80. Um, it's getting close to crossing 100 million, but it's also doing great business overseas. So, you know, those are the types of movies that I like to see as much as I do the superhero stuff. So, there are those options out there. You know, so I'd say right now your biggest options for non superhero stuff is Elvis, Where the Crawdad Thing, coming up this weekend. And um, in, in another week after that, uh, I guess it would be the 22nd, um, we have Jordan Peele's next horror movie called Nope that's coming out. And uh, he proved, you know, with uh, his last couple pictures that, you know, with Get Out, and I'm trying to think what the, the last one was called. It was a one-word title, but they were both big hits. And uh, so, you know, it, 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 horror movies do good, too, but, you know, they're, they're not a surefire. And Jordan Peele has made, us is the last one, uh, he's made it clear that his movies are more than a one, and one weekend and done deal. People go back to see his movies over and over and over again. So, again, that's just a nice alternative to all the superhero stuff right now. Is there a reason why he seems to be... Um staying on the hearth uh, theme or well you know that's a good question because you know for the longest time he was with you know uh, Keegan Michael Key with uh, the Comedy Central skit show uh, Key and Peele and it's it's always exciting when you see a filmmaker like Jordan Peele come along doing the sort of stuff that you would have never imagined him doing. And not only that, he's very, very successful at it. I mean, you know, with Get Out, that was his debut horror film. And not only did uh, was the film nominated for Best Picture, he also won a Best Original Screenplay Oscar, pretty much establishing him as you know, not only a guy to watch, he, he's an established you know, horror filmmaker now. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see how careers like that turn the page. Now, 
on the side. I mean, they're streaming. You got a movie, or excuse me, a TV show called The Terminal List, starring Chris Pratt. And the reason I really like that one is the fact that we're so used to seeing Chris Pratt in you know comedies and sitcoms and being funny in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and you know his his character appears along with some of the Guardians in the most recent Thor movie. You know, we're so used to him being a comedy actor. When he comes along and all of a sudden plays this very serious role in the terminal list, it's like, wow, I, I didn't give this guy enough credit. I don't think other people gave Jordan Peele enough credit until he actually did it. It showed, like, wow, this guy, he's, he's really up there as far as the great horror-slash-suspense filmmakers out there. Well, I was just wondering, uh, would he... Uh would Jordan go back to comedy? Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's making. Well, so you know, much- it's there is there is something coming up from him, um, and it's a stop motion animated film um, from the maker of the Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, Henry Selick. It's called Wendell and Wild, which has the voices and is written by he and Peel. So, you know, it doesn't seem like he's forgotten his buddy. You know, he hasn't left them behind. You know, they've just gone off and done their separate things. Uh, they're, you know, Keegan Michael Key has done a lot of great things. He done he did something on Apple TV Plus called Schmigadoon, which was a kind of um, repeated the formula of the 1950s musicals, the MGM musicals. That were it was so funny and so entertaining. So you know, it, they they simply they haven't broken up. Those kids, two kids still like each other, and they're getting back together. And it does appear, at least with Wendell and Wild, that it is going to be some comedy stuff coming again from uh, Jordan, from from yeah Jordan Peele. Well, where is the battle with streaming versus theater? Is it a battle? Does it? Does people you know it's. I think I think that the, the streaming game is starting to show some wear because obviously you're going to get you, we got I mean with this pandemic these numbers that were through the roof I think if any businesses benefited from the pandemic apart from the pharmaceutical companies making the vaccines <laughs> unfortunately um, you know unfortunately for us you know having to uh, take a vaccine but. Fortunately for them, for making it and saving a bunch of our butts, um, you know, it, it really seems like streaming is, has taken a hit. And, and I think part of the reason it's taking a hit is because with theaters back in business, streaming subscriptions are starting to drop. Now, the big thing with Netflix was that they lost 200,000 subscribers. And uh, because of that, their stock dropped big time. And we went from like $700 plus a share six months ago to less than $200 now. And then there are projections that they're going to lose as many as 2 million subscribers uh, when quarter two um, reports come out. And that should be relatively soon. So we really might see some, you know, a serious fallout from, you know, the streaming um you know, at least in Netflix's business, right? Right. So, uh, you know, so you know, it's it's. I guess it's an ebb and flow situation we're learning now. I mean, obviously, when when theaters were all shut down due to the pandemic, or people were afraid to go back into the theaters because of the pandemic, people obviously felt more comfortable at home streaming. Well, now that the numbers are clearly showing us that. People are, you know, want to get out there. You know, they've been trapped in their homes for so long. You know, starting in December, it started to really show that, well, these are actually pre-pandemic numbers. These are 2019 numbers that we're seeing now. So that's a very encouraging sign. And I think, you know, the entertainment dollar can only be split so many ways. And clearly, a larger piece of the pie is going back to the show houses. And I'm glad because... Obviously, some didn't make it through the pandemic. Some independent theater owners did not make it through the pandemic. But at least the large ones are still in the game. So we understand that's good for theater owners, that people are coming back. 
does Hollywood as an entity itself care which um, if you go to a theater or if you stream it at home? You know, I, it, I, I guess in some ways they do, in some ways they don't. I mean, um, it's clear that there is an appeal, um, you know, for big, you know, for a big star to go over to streaming, to do TV or whatever. I mean, a long time ago, you would never see a film actor doing any TV shows, but that's definitely different now because you got people like Netflix or people or businesses like Netflix. You have businesses like Amazon or Disney, you know, or Hulu, which is under the Disney umbrella that are willing to spend a lot of money to get the big stars over the streaming. Now that again is for television usually, although there are films that also debut on services like Netflix and Amazon, etc. I think it matters to them only so far as whether they can win an Oscar from it. <laughs> because there are rules that are going back in place that you know, over the last couple of years, they were allowed to debut on streaming in order to qualify. Well, now with the movie business clearly back, there is a rule out there that you need to debut your product in theaters. Um, so what, what the situation is now, you'll have uh, a new movie coming out called The Gray Man from uh, Joe and Anthony Rousseau, who directed think four Avengers movies or at least four or five, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, that is going to be debuting in theaters first, so they'll get a crack at the box office. But really the bread and butter is going to be putting it on streaming a couple weeks after it debuts in theaters in an effort to you know to bolster their subscription. So, you know, that's part of the reason why theaters are important again, to, to qualify for awards, which means more money in terms of marketing. You know, they can slap on that whole sentence to the uh, promotional pitch that says, you know, from the Oscar-winning director of or the Oscar-winning film, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's marketing gold for, for movie companies. So it's important to them, but I think it's also important when you traditionally have movie-going seasons, like the summer movie season where the weather is nice and people want to get out and uh, even if it's too hot outside they can at least get uh, a reprieve and go into a cool theater for a couple hours but they get that shared theatrical experience for from th thrilling movies like you know top gun where we can all experiences you know experience those highs together you know watching tom cruise cruise along in real footage in a, a jet you know a navy jet so I think that it matters to, you know, um, studios when it comes to the movie-going season. Same thing with holiday seasons, because generally those are times, you know, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, for um, movie, for, for, for families to gather to go to movies. So that's also a big movie-going season. Well, I'm a big comedy person, and... It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, comedy comedies <laughs> or laugh coming out of Hollywood. Is it that it doesn't sell? Uh, nobody's writing it. it you know, I, I what I've seen yeah. so far is, you know, has that ironic or ironic twist of like um, uh, Seinfeld or uh, uh, Larry. Not Larry David, but uh, but the show that Larry David's on. Um, yeah, yeah, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. enthusiasm yeah. Which to me, if I went, the times I tried to watch that show, it just frustrates me more than it makes <laughs> me laugh. So yeah, it's it's interesting as far as movies and theaters, comedies and theaters. Unless it seems to combine sensibilities like your Deadpool, you know, Ryan Reynolds is you know very very funny actor. Um, but that's also a superhero movie, and it's one of those rare deals where he can combine the two and be very, very successful at it. Now, again, talking about the amount of money that it takes to make a movie and uh, the amount that's considered uh, a big hit, there was a wonderful movie that came out in the spring called The Lost City with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and Daniel Radcliffe 
that barely cleared $100 million at the box office. But again, considering how much money it took to make, and I don't know the exact number, but it was in the tens of millions as opposed to the hundreds of millions to make. You know, it, it, it had a nice, tidy theatrical run, and then six weeks later, it debuted on the Paramount Plus streaming network. So I think your comedies, your movie comedies, just do better, uh, at, you know, with the home audience now. You know, I, I can't think of a comedy when, a last, when the last time was. It was it a hangover type of movie that did hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office. You know, again, unless you're combining things like action and comedy like Ryan Reynolds does, generally it doesn't seem like movie comedies are playing that well right now in theaters. So with all the streaming services and like the ones like Paramount and Disney and others who are connected to a uh, movie house, right? Uh, is there some type of monopolizing going on? That well, yeah, you know what? At one point, it did seem that way with Netflix. I mean, for a while, I mean, Netflix was the name, the big name in the game. But, you know, it seems like some studios see the writing on the wall, some don't. But luckily for a company like Disney, you know, uh, they have that. They have, you know, for more of the family-friendly uh, titles, you know, for that audience, they have Disney+, Plus, but they also own Hulu, which is more for the adult fair. I mean, they saw it coming, and they played the game right. I think that streaming services like Netflix run into trouble because they project a certain you know, audience growth, and it doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden the stock goes tumbling. I think one of the biggest problems for Netflix right now is just the amount of money that they're sinking into the big budget films like the gray man is a 220 million dollar film well without running ads that is something they're going to start doing probably by the end of the year but right now is a subscription service that relies on subscriptions only for their dollars at some point they're going to have to pass it cost along to the people that are subscribing to the service but once you're you know that monthly cost reaches the $20 level, people are going to say, you know, this is just like cable all over again. And how many of these streaming services can I afford? You know, um, Warner Brothers has a great deal with HBO Max, you know, so they seem to be doing quite well right now. But the big advantage for them is that, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a shared business in a way because it's all owned by the same entity. So, you know, they can make up the amount of money that they put into a budget while running a film in theaters before they bring it over to their streaming service. Obviously, Netflix doesn't have that. They're trying to. They're trying to put movies in theaters, again, to garner awards consideration, but also, you know, um, just to maybe make an, a few extra bucks, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really tricky for them right now. And, uh, but it seems like there's a lot of services right now that are doing really, really well. And again, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Paramount Plus. Again, another uh, it's another part of a theatrical. You know, they're you know they're in a partnership with a theatrical business. They're all doing doing really really well right now. Yeah, I have Netflix and Hulu. I took the one year Hulu deal with ads, mm -hmm. and sometimes it gets very. <laughs> frustrating because it, <laughs> it seems like there's more ads than normal normal t you know regular tv and um yeah uh, well the good thing is at least you can see that little clock counting down the the amount yeah, so, for the ad right so he can walk away <laughs> you know how long how much pain you're gonna have to endure jb before it gets to the right. next uh the next uh segment of the show that you're watching well and we we talk about entertainment, and there's one form of entertainment that they're all fighting for because, let's face it, it's the last, it's the last bastion of non-controlled entertainment, which is sports. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roger Goodell said the other day that the NFL will probably be starting streaming, and I think it was on Apple 
within the coming years or so. And that's yeah. going to be very interesting to see how many people. Um, I'm not going to go out my way to stream a football game, but how many people yeah. actually do that? Well, you know, right now, the, the one thing that is in place and has been in place the last couple of years, Amazon, um, finally, they're getting the full Thursday night football schedule. Right. Yeah, so and yeah, I think that really makes sense because, you know, a lot of people, it, the, the, the nice part about what Amazon does, and it's funny I haven't brought them up before this, is that you're already paying your 120 bucks a year for the free two-day shipping. And, and all that sort of stuff. And now they got their prime days and all that kind of, all these special promotions they're doing all the time. So you're not actually paying extra for the prime video portion of it. So, you know, um, I think some people, yes, are going to be forced into streaming. Um, you know, and that, again, is given whether all households actually have Internet access. That's the other thing. I know cities are trying to get free Wi-Fi for everybody, and that's great. That way they will be able to access it. But, you know, look, um, network television, as far as broadcast television is concerned, they're getting their, you know, they're getting beat by streaming programs now. Right. It used to be broadcast used to be king, and then cable came along, and then cable, you know, gave way to streaming so at some point, I would imagine, yeah, everything's going to be streaming. I mean, it's just the way technology is going. But, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see in a couple of years when, you know, we, we see an Apple TV Plus or some, you know, other streaming service getting the big NFL contract, you know, and tugging it away from a CBS or a Fox or something like that in order to, uh, to own the rights to the NFL. So, yeah, it, it, the business is changing, and it's changing fast. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, the other thing is we don't have to sit at home to watch things now. We can watch – you can watch the NFL on your phone, JB, if you want to. I actually do that a little bit. If it's a game that's going late and I don't want to be sitting downstairs and I know I'm going to fall asleep in front of my TV, I'll just bring my phone with me and I'll lay in bed and watch the rest of the game on a Monday or a Thursday night. Well, the where I was thinking, and I got mixed up with the Apple TV, the Big Ten just expanded the amount of schools that will be in their conference. And as soon as they, and it was the L.A. market, it was uh, UCLA and USC. And as soon as they did that, because they were negotiating, negotiating a new TV contract, which was part of the reason why those two schools joined the conference. Apple TV came back to the Big Ten and said, now we're interested in <laughs> maybe being a media rights <laughs> partner since, since you're going to be bringing in the L.A. market. And I just, you know, it's yeah. like uh, this is going to get crazy for a little bit because it's going to have such a spiral effect on, you know, college athletics where – if that happens, you're going to have mega conferences. You're going to have, F, you know, especially football yeah. players being uh, – right now they, they just get paid for the use of their image, whereas they're going to mm-hmm. be flat-out employees. And it, it, it won't be the football that I worked <laughs> worked in for so long. Um, right. It's just, it's just mind-boggling, but it's – it comes back to it's the only true source of uncontrolled entertainment that's left. Yeah, and unfortunately, the, the deep pockets are, are, you know, they're, they're opening. And, you know, when you consider that you got an Apple um, running Apple TV Plus or you have Jeff Bezos running um, Amazon, you know, who knows what's what's coming next? Is Elon Musk going to start a streaming service? <laughs> you know, these these guys got deep pockets, and uh, you know that that what it will do, obviously. And this is good for the athletes. It's going to expand those opportunities. But I don't know. Yet, like you say, it's not the same sort of football that you were used to seeing when you were working with the U of M. And uh, God knows how much it's going to change. And it and the change is coming so fast. Right. You know. 
So within the next couple of years, how much is it going to change? That's well, going to be something we're going to be interested to see play out in real time. Well, there was a, I heard a commentator said they did some research and, and Apple is so flush with cash right now. Mm-hmm. They have $60 billion just sitting there in cash. They could buy the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's, yeah. you know, would, would a, you know, entertainment entity buy a league? I mean, it, I, that, it just seems like we're to the point now where anything is possible, isn't it? Right. It, it just really does. I mean, these guys, you got these acquisitions going on all the time. I mean, and how close was Musk to buying Twitter? You know, right. I mean, it, and, and, you know, it's so, yeah, I mean, I think that shows, if anything, that it's everything's on the table. Right. I mean, so. And, and then, of course, the other thing is with Disney, you know, owning ESPN. I mean, right now they have an ESPN Plus as well that really, I don't seem to hear about it a lot. And I don't know if you have that or not. No. But I, I know it was part of a bundle with Hulu and Disney Plus right. and ESPN Plus. But, uh, you know, how much will they become players? Because, again, with all the money that Disney has, you know, are they going to start negotiating and getting college contracts, uh, you know, to air, you know, specific conferences or whatever. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, they they already do. <laughs> and not, with the cable, I know they certainly did, but right. I'm sure they do with streaming, too. Right. No, there was some of uh, the NHL that was on uh, Disney Plus mm. or, or ESPN Plus. Yeah. And you got it because you had... You know, you had Hulu, which is, it was, I, I just went and looked one time just to be messing around, and there was a hockey game I actually wanted to see that was on, on their, you know, ESPN Plus, and it's like, huh, sit and watch this, and it was, oh, a, it was actually, a, I think it was a Wild versus St. Louis Blues game, and I didn't want to hear the, the, the wild commentators. So it was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was refreshing for me. Yeah. Um, sure. No, I just, I wonder at one point, at what point do they hit saturation or if they turn people off because like I said, somebody like me, I, I can do without to the point where I don't have to see it. But I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that would get highly upset because they have to see it. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, I, I'm i still a Vikings fan because I'm waiting for that mythical day that they <laughs> win the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I, and I tell uh, our friend Tommy, Tommy Bernard this, and it's like, you know what? I haven't been a Twins fan since 91, so since it's like, oh, my God, a Minnesota team can win a championship or two championships. So I I paid attention up till 91, and then it's like, okay, I'm good. Um, (laughs) And I would love to see, you know, the state of hockey win as well. So, you know, uh, the next time they, you know, maybe I'm a bandwagon jumper when it comes to them making a run. But, yeah, uh, I'm one of the rare people that, has to have it, but I would say that I am in the vast, vast minority when it comes to sports fans, you know, that want everything and obviously are forced to go to different links to get it sometimes. And of course, that big link right now is streaming. Well, it'll happen at some point. Who knows when? Mm-hmm. It took 52 years for me to see the Blues hoist the Stanley Cup, so... That, yeah, was, a, that yeah. was a very long wait. <laughs> so you're telling me the Viking thing is possible, baby? Is that what you're saying? It's possible, <laughs> but who knows how long it will be. Um, well, I saw a little clip on Twitter the other day of, of the last time the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, and I think it was from 1977 against yeah. the Oakland Raiders. So, so Oh, my God. That's, it's, such, it's such pain, I'm telling you. It's so painful to watch. Well, I did raise a Minnesota sports fan, and the anguish I see on his face 
<laughs> when the wild or the, or the Vikings lose, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, I feel sorry for them. Um, sure. Going back to streaming services and going back to comedy, Netflix has, has uh, dumped a ton of money into stand-up. Mm-hmm. And um, there was the big uh, comedy thing out in uh, L.A. Uh, this spring that's ha- that's has launched a bunch of uh, comedy specials, comedy specials mm-hmm. with themes and whatnot. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. There's only a couple of people out there right now that's making me laugh. And and it's it's uh, Dave Chappelle and Jerry Seinfeld and Bill Burr and the rest just seem to be their their stuff either seems to be rushed or very angry <laughs> and it's like yeah you know they're yeah they're, and I would add to that list I would add Ricky Gervais too uh, who you know not coincidentally has a big contract with Netflix as does Dave Chappelle I love Bill Burr as well. And yeah, and I've always liked Seinfeld, but you know those are the rare, untouchable guys, right? right. I mean, they, they can say anything and do anything, and no, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I think even without Netflix support, they would still do what they want to do because they have more money than they'll ever ever need. Um, but yeah, that's that they are pretty much their only um, consisting existing sources of fearless comedians, right? Right. Because the big the big advantage they have there is that the more people get upset about what they do, the more uh, publicity that generates, positive and negative. I mean, it, it, it's, if it's negative, it isn't hurting them because, oh, really? They're, they're saying this sort of stuff? Well, i got to check it out. And it only helps their numbers. And that's pretty much the way it's always been. Right. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know, a movie wants people to protest their openings. Since that they, then, then they'll get coverage and then people are going to wonder, what's that about? And that will drive them into theaters or whatever. So, yeah, they're really in um, some pretty good, they're, they're in a no-lose situation right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah it, it, that's, it, that's a good point about comedy. When we're talking about you know, comedy movies before, you know, it's very rare that you'll see a concert film being released in theaters now, but certainly Netflix seems to be the place, maybe the only place right now where you're going to get a comedy special where there are no holds barred, where they're just going to throw everything out there and they're not afraid to make anybody angry. You know, they're just going to do their thing. And Chappelle and Burr and, uh, Seinfeld's always gender. He's generally been clean. Something people have had to worry about that with him. But I'm telling you, man, the last Gervais special, he went after everybody and yes. everything. Yes, he did. And uh, it's just unbelievable. And Chappelle, too. Right. And, uh, yeah, they don't care. They just don't care. Well, <laughs> that's kind of the way. That's really the way it should be, you know? That's really the way it should be. Well, they flat out tell you, you know, that they don't care. Uh, Burr's last uh, special, Paper Tiger, he filmed it in England, and he and he ripped the Me Too movement because he said oh, those God. those were the same people who were in the hot tub with the white <laughs> white males until they got oh, time man. to jump out and wag their fingers <laughs> at white males. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's funny with Burr. He seems to have a conscience about it. I remember when uh, Gina Carano got canceled and he was on The Mandalorian with her. And uh, he's, he's certainly aware of the ramifications. Now, that doesn't mean that that doesn't stop him. No. I mean, he still will go on to tell you he doesn't care. But at least he's, 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 he's aware that something could happen. Right. But I think at this point, he's already shown that it ain't going to happen. Well, and I, he's just going to keep on ranting. And it's the most entertaining thing ever. <laughs> I love hearing Bill Burr rant. <laughs> you know, that's what's fun about him. Well, I've heard him tell Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, and other comics, 
don't apologize. Stop apologizing. Right. Because Kevin Hart will say something and then apologize before it or immediately afterwards. <laughs> and Kevin Hart has a, a podcast where he interviews mm-hmm. other comics and Bill Burr just said, would you stop apologizing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that he found out once he got canceled off of, you know, hosting the Oscars a few years ago is that you can never apologize enough. That's the first thing else people will tell you. Oh, well, it didn't go far enough. And then they'll find another reason to complain. Right. You know, so you're right. I mean, do not apologize because you're not going to get anywhere with it. Not at all. Well, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I love Kevin Hart, too, man, and he, he's another guy. I watch his stand-up specials on Netflix. I mean, freaking hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, again, hopefully it'll get to the point where, you know, he's not going to care either. I think right. that he, he, he does care. He doesn't want to hurt people. He's a very positive guy, uh, and I've heard interviews with him. I mean, really, he is he's the sort of guy. I really, really admire him because his whole thing yeah, I mean, you know, the language gets rough and everything when it's comedy special, but the guy has the power of positivity driving him, man. And I, I just love that part about him. Well, um, Bill Burr has a new one coming out on the 15th. I can't remember the name of it. It's going to be on Netflix. And Netflix dropped a, um, or put out a, new Dave Chappelle one. It's only about 35, 40 minutes long. And it's called What's in a Name? And there was no like pre-warning that this was going to happen and whatnot. And it's him. Have you seen it yet? Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did too. I did too. I watched it last week right away. I mean, and again, you're right. There were there was no publicity, nothing uh, ahead of time. And uh, basically, it was it was yeah it was a speech for him to basically turn down the opportunity to have his name put on the theater at the Duke Ellington uh, the facility out in Washington D.C. where he went to school. Right. And uh, it was brilliant as usual, you know. And he was brilliant as usual. And uh, again, I don't think they were expecting what happened. Um, with him, you know, basically, this is the, the sort of school that he's been donating to mm-hmm. and has done a lot of work with over the years. You know, he really does credit them to his success. And, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. But, again, you know, it, it's great that he can even just do a speech and have Netflix back him up on that and have them put it on the service because I bet you there was a big audience for that thing. I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I think it was probably – really really popular because again they know they can watch that thing and know that Dave isn't going to hold back doing it yeah he um, he was brash he was cocky he was uh, self-deprecating <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was everything but at the end yep. he was funny and thoughtful Yeah, which is yeah. a lot of comedians are lacking <laughs> These days. They, yeah. Well, I just think they're afraid. I think it's really what it comes down to. I mean, because, look, I mean, they may be an individual, but they are responsible for a lot of people. You know, that's the sad thing about when, when somebody gets canceled. They might want to cancel an individual. But, you know, I think, JB, the biggest problem with one thing that people don't foresee when somebody's getting canceled is that, you know, Kevin Hart, for example, he runs Heartbeat. H-A-R-T, Beat Productions, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a lot of people working, you know, uh, for him. And, you know, he provides a lot of great opportunities for people. And they don't realize that, okay, maybe you're doing this damage to Kevin Hart, but there are so many people that are going to be affected that are being, you know, that are employees of his. So, you know, that's, that's the terrible thing that happens. And I think, you know, when it comes to other comedians, you know, being afraid of this culture is that it isn't just them. You know, Dave Chappelle, maybe, you know, he could he can withstand some blowback and, and keep his people employed while, you know, the storms, until the storms have passed. But not everybody can do that. And, you know, unless you're somebody as big as Chappelle or a Kevin Hart, um, 
you know, they're basically watching after their biggest assets who are their employees. So that's, I think, why we're seeing so very few of these comedians taking the big chances like your Chappelle's and your Hart's and your Ricky Gervais's of the world or your, your, your Jerry Seinfeld's or your Bill Burr's. Um, you know, you know, they just they know that, uh, you know, if, if things might be rough for a while, but eventually they're going to recover. Well, this country needs laughter more than anything right now, and it just—it just, it just yeah. seems to be a lot of it seems to be not hitting the the mark. It just yeah, it just I, hopefully we're going to see you know the tide turn and we're going to get back to the way it used to be. And the only way um, you're going to do that right now is just to kind of stand your ground. And and like Ricky Gervais says, it sounds real simple. But he says it in his specials all the time, or when he was blasting the Golden Globes. They're just jokes. They're right. just jokes. Yeah. <laughs> with those simple words, it's like you only wish that they would resonate with everybody, but unfortunately they don't. But hopefully we're going to get to the time when they do again. Yeah, I need to reconnect with the uh, local comedy scene and see how they're doing and how things are going. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a while since I've been at Acme or... Um, uh, Rick Bronson's, and see how things are going for them. Um, I know coming out of early coming out of the pandemic, they seem to be okay, but I wonder how things are going. You know, yeah, no doubt. You know, bars, no doubt. comedy bars, and whatnot. You just kind of hope they. Well, maintain. hopefully, it's like the movie business. You know, I mean, hopefully, again, people are getting out and they're. And they, they realize that shared experience that they had that, you know, they call it the communal experience where, you know, there's strength in numbers and, and you know, when you can laugh together and, and all that sort of stuff or go ooh and ah together in the theater or whatever. I mean, there's really nothing like it. It's an experience that can't be replicated. So hopefully, you know, the comedy, the comedy houses are going to experience that same sort of resurgence. Well, as we wrap this up, Tim, I wanted to have your thoughts on um, an actor who just passed. And mm-hmm. uh, quickly, I remember as a, I was a, probably a young teenager uh, when this movie Brian Song came out. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I heard men talk about crying when oh, watching yeah. a movie. And if you play that theme right now, the Brian Song theme, I'm going to start crying, baby. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Because what? that one got to me as well. And again, that probably was my first exposure to James Caan. Right. You know, and and maybe Billy D. Williams as well. Yep. You know, but my God, what what an incredible legacy this guy left. And uh, you know, it's you know, apart from that film, I mean, he's got so many other great films. Um, but The Godfather, you know, chief among them, it really is a major, major loss when we lose a guy like that. And again, you know, 82 years old isn't that old anymore, you know? And that that's why it still comes as a shock when we lose somebody like that, when it all of a sudden it seems sudden, you know? And it makes you realize, you know, you got guys like De Niro and Pacino and you know, they're approaching 80, or they might be there already. I think Pacino might be 80 right now, and Francis Ford Coppola, who created it all. You know, he's 83. It, it's kind of, it's, it's really sad, you know? I don't know if you caught the movie Hustle on Netflix, that great Adam Sandler picture. Yes, I did. Um, but Robert Duvall has mm-hmm. a small part in that one as well. You know, these guys, it's like, man, we're sadly coming to an end of another era when you start losing guys like James Caan. But unfortunately, that, that's happening. And, and, you know, and again, you don't really know the impact of it until it actually happens. And you realize that the vital contributions a guy like James Caan made to the world of movies when, when, when you lose a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, from Brian Song to Elf. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and misery, right? And misery and and stuff like that. But yeah, Elf. I mean, just so many great films. That that's what's so wonderful about Elf is that you know it exposed his talents to a whole new generation of people. And that's really the definition of a classic actor. One of those guys that you know he could have been in a movie from the '70s, but then 
You know, he's in a movie with, you know, with Will Ferrell, and I'm trying to think of Elf was actually released. But, you know, a whole new generation of fans uh, he, he, he earned from that role in Elf, you know. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. And, and that, you know, a guy, the guy's career really did span generations, and that's why his loss was so deeply felt the other day, just about a week ago or so, um, you know, when we lost James Conn. Well, I was going to make that the last thing we talked about, but you brought up the movie Hustle. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was, it's very good. Is there a reason why it was not released in theaters? You know, it actually was. But again, you know, I just think Netflix wants to keep their toe in the business. I, I, I don't know if they're experimenting if they're trying to see if they're actually gaining tractions in theaters, because you know as well as I do, that movie was a great movie. That could have done really, really well in a wide release. You know, so maybe they're just experimenting at this point. And it could be because the movie was received so well that it could be the sort of thing that they'll come back and say, hey, this is eligible now for, you know, awards once, the season rolls around, which really is only a few months away. But yeah, yeah, what a great, what a great movie, an entertaining movie. Pretty cool to see that, you know, we have an Anthony Edwards in there. Right. Uh, the you know, uh, yeah, and uh, Wancho, I mean, you know, who actually was with the Wolves at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of cool from a local standpoint to see that sort of stuff. But on top of all that, I mean, they're not appearing just to be appearing. It's actually great stuff. I mean, it's quality stuff, and it kind of goes to show that, man, there's some of these ballers that can really act, can't they? I mean, really good acting in that thing. Right. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man, a lot of fun. And Adam Sandler, I'm telling you, he's never quite gotten the due that he deserves. A lot of people actually looked down at him when he first did that contract thing with Netflix. But boy, didn't he show everybody? Right. <laughs> he was like he was like the, he's like the godfather of Netflix movies. That guy, he yeah. really showed that he knew where it was at long before anybody else did. Well, he, so I'm he, thrilled for his success. He played a great uh, role in the movie of a you know scout trying to pan mm-hmm. for gold, trying to find that that one athlete that. Uh, that will not only change the team's fortunes, but change his own fortune, you know, mm-hmm. and going through and, and fighting through uh, other people's beliefs and whatnot. And mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards also, who is always smiling, always upbeat, always happy in playing basketball, played one heck of a villain in, in the Yeah, movie. yeah. Well, and again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. People, you know, coming forth with these sorts of things you just don't expect. And that's that's why it was so great, because it really does show true talent that way. I mean, you know, it's one thing for players to show up in a cameo and, you know, where it's only a two-minute role. But, I mean, Anthony Edwards, that was a big role, man. That was a pivotal role. Mm -hmm. And you got to love the fact that a guy like him, um, is taking a risk that really could go, you know, come back to haunt him, you know, if it doesn't work. But it did work, and that's what's so exciting about it. And uh, again, you know, the only thing that might have benefited him more in this particular deal if it was playing in more theaters for an extended period of time. But again, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, if if the theatrical run qualified it for award season, well, maybe then we will see a lot more about him than we might have otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, what a great movie. And really one of my highest recommendations right now when it comes to streaming movies is definitely Hustle on yeah. Netflix. So yeah. people got to check that out. Yeah, he was not yeah. playing him. You know, most athletes in movies play themselves or mm-hmm. so, some form of themselves. He wasn't playing mm-hmm. himself. He was playing the yeah. he was playing the exact opposite of himself when yeah, he plays basketball. Yeah, I mean, what an impressive, what an impressive turn that was by the guy. In 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 it, I believe his first role, really, you know, yeah. uh, Hernan Gomez too. Same thing. I mean, how impressive is that? 
So yeah, that that was a lot of fun. It was a pleasant surprise. And then you know, Adam Sandler. I'm telling you, man, because obviously he's acting, but he's producing as well. He certainly has an eye for talent, and I think he really showed it with this picture. Yeah, it was an interesting choice of person to play his wife in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think who. It was Queen Latifah. Oh my gosh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I mean, he just has an eye. I mean, obviously Queen Latifah is well established. Right. Uh, and, but but you know, it, it was just such of a perfect cast. You right. know, that's that's what people you know they wonder about casting directors and and, and don't get me wrong, Queen Queen Latifah did not have to audition for this role. No. I mean, I'm sure it really just came down to, you know, Sandler saying, hey, she's the perfect person for the part, and let's cast her, and it's done. Um, but, you know, I'm, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes to show you how integral casting is to this whole process of putting a cast together that's going to gel on all levels. And certainly it did with this movie. Yeah, I mean, she didn't play an empty, you know, wife role. In yeah, thankless, you know, that... Exactly, and that could have been a thankless role. Right. But you know, again, he he cast somebody who knew that he could that could bring so much more to a role like that. Right. You know, yeah. instead of like you say a thankless role, bring it nuanced and and really be pivotal to it. Yeah, sure. You know, because you know, I, I mean, his his whole life in you know in that role as a basketball scout, you know, her her involvement is just as pivotal in real life. To a situation like that, then, then again, a thankless, empty, you know, quote unquote, housewife, housewife role or whatever, you know. So yeah, yeah, she was terrific. She was really, really good. Yeah, it's come to think of it, JB. I hope, I hope this thing is given some serious consideration. Come, you know, awards time. Right. Uh, and and again, also ultimately too about the award season is, is that what it does? Yeah, you get the trophies and all that. But you're being exposed to talent that you wouldn't see otherwise. In this case, you know, it's the players showing how real, you know, what talent they have as actors. Um, and, 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 you know, really just opens up the opportunities for them. And then that benefits us as, as moviegoers or, or watching TV shows, you know, to, to be exposed to new and exciting talent. Well, with that, sir, I'd like to thank you for your time. People won't hear this, but there were a couple of hiccups. <laughs> well, we... I'll do my best to spread the word, Davey. And, <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. And uh, and I look forward to being the per- first person on your podcast to appear three times. <laughs> but right now, I'll, 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 I'm happy with being the first one to be a repeat guest. Well, as long as there's entertainment and television and movies and things like that to talk about and you're still in the business, you'll always be my first call i i really appreciate that and you know what just on top of all this i i could just talk with you just in a regular phone call for right. an hour or two anytime you know i mean so to, to to have it be part of your podcast is really really cool well i appreciate that sir and who knows maybe i'll have you on and have you on with my uh former college roommate who's a he oh yeah, associate uh, director and how you know he he's back living here now. He's in the um, Kenwood area, but uh, he just sure. bought a house in the Kenwood area, not far from uh, um, Parade Ice Arena. But mm-hmm. uh, he's we don't we never know if he's here or if he's there. <laughs> so it's yeah. like. Unless we check Facebook, and it's like, oh, he's out shooting. No, no, he's yeah, back in. Sure. He's yeah. at a Twins game, so he's back in town. So. Yeah, well, that that's cool, and and I'm afraid, you know, you get me talking with a movie guy like him, you might have to make it a six-parter. <laughs> <laughs> well, love talking about movies. I love talking about the right. business too. Hey, it's I, called the movie business, and right. I am just as fascinated about what goes into movies as the actual movies themselves. I have no problem asking one question and just sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, my, my biggest weakness is I'm a blabber, but I'm, I'm glad you put up with that. And, of course, you if you need to cut this down, you're more than uh, welcome to do that. I completely understand. Right. Well, thank you, sir. 
Again, it's Tim Lammers. Tim, where can people find you? You can get me at uh, my website is directconversations.com, and I post all of the appearances that I do, and I'll certainly post my appearance on your podcast there, a link to that. Um, my Twitter handle is at Tim Lammers Films. And then if you uh, want to get me on Facebook, you can follow me at Direct Conversations on uh, Facebook as well. So uh, yeah. that's, I, got, I also have an Instagram, but I'm, I'm still trying to learn the ropes of that. So I'm not going to plug that just quite yet. Right. But, uh, yeah, eventually, at, at, if you want to follow me, maybe that will prompt me there at Tim Lammers Films on uh, Instagram as well. Yeah, I, that's a venture that I have not entered yet. And I, I, I think the kids want me to stay away from that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're also on on several radio local radio stations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely the KQ Morning Show on Thursdays. Thank you for mentioning that because obviously I talk about well the links to those appearances, but the actual appearances. Yeah, Thursday morning, seven thirty on a KQ Morning Show. I'm also on Bob Fansevier's podcast every week. That's on Thursdays. On uh, Fridays, uh, 10.35, I'm on uh, WCCO on the Adam and Jordana show, the new show, Adam and Jordana. Uh, I'm also on WJON on 10.15 on Fridays. Uh, it Matters with Kelly Cords. And then also uh, about 4.15 on Fridays on uh, the, the 103.7 The Loon, uh, KLZZ FM. And I also have to note that all those appearances are sponsored by Michael Bryant of Brad Sean Bryant, always seeking for justice for the injured <laughs> at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Uh, so I'm sure you appreciate that as well. Uh, Mike yes, is a because... big supporter of all of ours, <laughs> and I can't thank him enough for all well, that Well, I was just going to say that, that what a perfect lead into <laughs> the Mike Bryant commercial I'm about to play, <laughs> so... Because he's a sponsor of mine too. Hey, not not. I know you don't mind me giving Mike an extra little bump there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, again, I, he is he has been so important to so many of our careers. So yes, he can't has ever been. thank Mike enough. That's for sure. Nope. So thank you again, Tim. And uh, going Hollywood again is the title of this show with Tim Lammers here on the JBs. Low Tech Podcast. Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. There are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast, prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Or Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Wherever I roam I couldn't be found Of my big home The bees are buzzing in the and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. No, I have not uh, popped a cork or uh, had a screw fall loose. I purposely played that song from the, the movie Bear Necessities because we went Hollywood again today with Tim Lammers. Th 
thank you again, Tim. As he said, he can be heard on many, many outlets, uh, KQ Morning Show, uh, WCCO Radio, W. John, the Bob, Bob Sansevier Podcast, and uh, many, many other places you can find Tim Lammers. He has a great view of Hollywood. He gets to uh, stream movies before the rest of us mortals do. He's always a great resource to have. Again, thank you all for listening. Again, we're on uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and other streaming services. And thank you for listening. And tell a friend about the JB's Low Tech JB is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African-American, black, black, black. Django. JB. Damn, Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.